Hello and welcome to Peer to Peer, a segment from In the Balance, our newsletter looking at news through a gender lens. In Peer to Peer, we sit down each month with a journalist for a behind-the-scenes discussion around how to make journalism more gender-balanced and inclusive. In this new episode, we're talking about gender in the business and finance sections of the news with Laura Zelenko, Global Standards Editor at Bloomberg. If you're already subscribed to our newsletter or you visited our website in January, you know that only 4% of economic news had women as a central focus in 2020, and that's across 116 countries in the world. Laura Zelenko is all too aware of this gender gap. In 2018, she launched the New Voices Initiative at Bloomberg, a program that aims to get more women who are experts in business and finance in the news. For the past few years, Laura Zelenko has been pushing for more diversity within the newsroom as well. And one interesting detail is that before overseeing all training, talent, and diversity initiatives at Bloomberg, she has held different editorial positions there, which has informed and shaped her vision. In this talk, she recounts how women's representation came to be a main subject at Bloomberg in the first place and how they keep track of their progress over time. She also highlights the ways in which more inclusion actually leads to better stories. Well, thank you for being here and for agreeing to have this chat. We're very excited to be able to talk about this with you because this month we are focusing on women and economic news in our In the Balance newsletter. And you seem to be someone who feels very passionately about the subject. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started to care about this and to notice that there is an issue? So, you know, I, um, I've been a journalist now almost 40 years, which sounds uh, frightening. Um, it's a long time. And, and 30 of those years, I'll, I'll be celebrating my 30th anniversary at, at Bloomberg in April. So I've, I started with this company when it was, um, you know, really the, the news organization was just beginning. I was based in Eastern Europe um, and I, and I kind of grew up from there. I spent 10 years in Eastern Europe and Russia and ran coverage there and ran coverage from Latin America, then ran global coverage for a long time. And our focus is on financial um, news, as you know, financial markets, uh, business, banking. And um, we've talked, we talked over the years a lot about who we're talking to, you know, can we diversify our sourcing? There was, there was a lot of conversations, especially uh, from 2010, I think we, we talked about it, but it, it became pretty clear that we weren't really moving the needle at all. Um, and when I took on a new role in 2018, I started thinking about how we could be more intentional to actually move beyond the question of how do we do this and actually show progress. In 2018, even then, we only had our guests on TV, it was 10% were women. And it was kind of shocking you know, in 2018. And, and we started looking into what some of the reasons were. And we spent a lot of time building sourcing from the banking sector. And you start, you know, we started looking at patterns and why we weren't getting um, a, a bigger variety of, of people in, what was holding the women back, why our bookers weren't finding the women. And so I, I was interested in, in really um, 
helping this news organization, which I care about a lot, where I've spent, you know, most of my career, um, you know, really be able to take this to a different level because it was, it ultimately impacts the quality of our coverage. And that's where new voices came in? Yes. Yeah, so the way that I thought about it was we need to set targets, set goals, hold our managers accountable and do something really proactive to make sure that we could get senior female professionals in the finance industry into our programming. And again, it's a very specific area of coverage. You said that you're focused on business and economics this month. It's a very particular industry. You know, it is male dominated. It is white male dominated. It has been for a long time. Things are changing there. But there are many, many, many women around the world who have been in the industry for decades who are managing a load of money, who are incredibly smart, who have never been um, really offered the platform, supported to go out into the media, given the training. And we thought one thing that we could do as part of our initiative was to provide intensive one-on-one -on -one media training for women in the industry around the world. And we began in New York and we then moved to other cities in the US. We went to London, we went to um, Dubai, we went to Mumbai, we went to Johannesburg, we've been in Tokyo, Sydney, uh, Singapore, altogether 13 cities around the world. And in every place you hear the same story where the, the initiative is so welcome because we're reaching out saying we want to show you how this platform can be accessible to you. Um, we want to hear your voices. We want to hear what you have to say. It's important to our coverage. It's important for the industry really to represent itself differently, given some of the commitment that the industry is making, I'm saying from the financial industry side, and also that we're telling the full story of the financial markets, that we're not missing important angles and important aspects and important opinions and perspectives. And at this point, we have uh, provided this training to more than 400 executives globally. And I, what's interesting is that whenever one of these executives go, goes on air, I'm always like, how did we not know this person before? How did we not reach out to this person before? And it's, you know, as a journalist, I know in my own career, you tend to go back to the same people that you, you know you can rely on. Some people are pretty aggressive calling the media saying, you know, we want to talk, we want to get booked, you know, and it tends to be the same people. So we have to do a better job within the media of broadening out who we're talking to and understanding why that's so important to our coverage. And so the initiative is targeting something very specific. It's opening this platform to women experts to, you know, sh show up and tell you we want to be able to speak in the media and we we need to, you know, learn these processes and this way of expression because you don't talk um you, you can't use jargon when talking to the public. So it's a very specific to this and it's for Bloomberg, but then does it open a way for them to go elsewhere and to give these interesting takes in other media outlets that aren't necessarily, you know, specialized in finance and business? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's that's only a piece of the program. Our broader program, and I can explain a little bit of how we're tracking our progress, is across platforms, and it's also in our in our stories, in our writing, in our in our podcast, you know, in our photo photography. We have different ways that we're tracking all of this. 
the training program that we do is not, there's no requirement that they go on Bloomberg TV. It's really what we see with many of the the people who have been in, in the program is we see them on CNBC, we see them on the BBC, we see them on, on Fox, we see them on lots of other uh, stations. Um, you know, they, what I've seen is there's also a lot more um, um, participation in panels and in events and on all of this. And I think it's not so much um, the idea that we need to teach people how to speak publicly. I mean, all of these executives are very experienced and very smart. It's, it's a matter of, of sort of giving access to these platforms and normalizing this and making the bookers and the, and the anchors and everyone comfortable that, that um, you know, we're so used to talking to the same people that there's sometimes there's a feeling of a risk or we're bringing someone on. What if it doesn't go well? And what it is that we're okay. Like we know this is going to go well. Like we've, it's almost like um, we've vetted the process and that kind of thing. And it also gives some confidence to the, to the firms that, you know, there's a stamp here saying like, look, we're good with this. You should be good with this. Let's just, let's make this, like, let's normalize this. We just want to normalize this so that we're not going back to the same pool. I've had um, one of the women in the program uh, said to me recently that the training is great and it is great. It's four hours. It's one-on-one. It's, 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 um, it's done by an outside firm and it's very good training, but she said even more than that is just breaking down the fear of, you know, approaching the media or how do you book yourself? How do you get booked? Who do you go to? Like, what's the process? It's, it's somewhat mysterious, I think, for anyone who's not necessarily being fully supported by their own PR at their firm or thinks that maybe they're not good enough to be or, that, you know, and, and when you kind of break it down and say, we just want to hear what you have to say. We want to hear your expertise. We want to know what you're and, and you can kind of relax everyone in that process. Um, that's what we're trying to do is to normalize it. So yes, people go on other stations, do other things. I've seen a lot of people, their careers have, you know, they've gotten promotions and moved to other jobs. Um, we also do this program for Black and Latinx executives in the U.S. of all gender identities. So we've moved, you know, it's not only women, particularly in the U.S. We're trying to address some of our representation gaps, of course. Um, that's also a challenge in the financial media but it, the, the intention is really to help broaden the pool of sources and guests that the financial media um, is seeing. I mentioned uh, how like there, there's a certain way that experts maybe don't have uh, of expressing themselves to a public that doesn't have the background knowledge that they have about uh, the subjects because our interview for this month was uh, with uh, Sophie Knowles, who is a researcher and specializes in economic journalism. And she has done a lot of work with women. And what she noticed is that on top of the, the figures that we already have, women aren't very uh, financially literate. Is that something that you think about at Bloomberg? Like Bloomberg is a channel that is you know, very important for anybody who is already aware of the importance of business and finance and knowing what's happening. But do you have that, you know, back of the mind thought of what about the rest of people? <laughs> right, right. I mean, look, we we have a very specified audience in, in, in the core. And then, of course, we broaden out with, with all of our social platforms and, and other platforms to a broader audience. When, when, with this program, we're very focused on Bloomberg TV, um, which has, some some people have described to me as TV for smart people. 
um, you know, in the sense that the conversations can be, um, you know, very, um, very specific to the financial markets. Um, but we hope that we're not using jargon or anything like that. We want to be able to speak about these things in ways that are that is understandable to the public at large. We hope that the, that by bringing in more representation onto our TV, not only are we into our coverage, not only are we um, improving the scope of the coverage that we're providing, but it's also representation that is seen by the next generation. And so women who are thinking about going into finance, to be able to see that kind of representation on TV, speaking about these these topics with such intelligence and with such insight and with such experience, I think can also break down some of these barriers of finance as something that I, I can't understand. Um, there's a lot of incredibly smart women who have, who have been in this business running portfolios of a billion dollar plus, you know, managing people's money for a very long time and doing quite well at it. Thanks very much. So, you know, I think, for people to understand that it's not just a man's world, that this is a place where women have flourished, that, that there is this expertise that perhaps that will also break down some barriers in, in, in the feeling that it can be understandable. Cause it's scary. Yes. It's scary to understand this, but it's, it's when, when you start hearing it, other people talking about it, 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 it breaks down some of that jargon, I think. Mm-hmm. And so this is very, what, what we've talked about so far has to do with experts, but what about just, you know, non-experts, um, according to the Global Media Monitoring Project, only 4% of economic stories had women as a central focus in 2020. How, how to do better? So more broadly, we're looking at our sourcing and that's who we are speaking to. And yes, a lot of our coverage is focused on expert voices. Um, it's also about who you're choosing to feature when you, you know, like you said, have a protagonist in a story. So we, we have a code on our stories. Whenever we publish our stories, we have a code um, that will designate if a female expert source has been quoted or cited. And the reason for that is that we want to amplify those expert opinions um, more broadly. And um, that includes in research because we do make choices all the time in terms of whose research we're citing. What economists are we saying are the are economists whose forecasts are worth listening to? We make those decisions all the time. Right now, it's about it's about twenty percent of our top stories. These are stories that run on what we consider our front page. About twenty percent of those stories cite or quote a female expert, which is up significantly since two thousand eighteen, and is not anywhere close to where we want it to be. Um, so this is this is a work in progress where. You know, you still see journalists going, you know, as I said, back to the same economists or back to the same experts. So there is a lot of focus on that. Um, but as we have these conversations, the reporters, I think, are starting, especially in the, in the next generation, the generation of my children and generation coming through in our intern program, they come into the newsroom and this is front of mind without anyone even talking about it. And what we're seeing, I'll give you an example. We did a story recently um, on the impact of uh, rising rents in New York, rising rents in the U.S., um, the impact of rising rents in the U.S. And uh, the two reporters who were involved in that story were both Latina reporters. And the people that they found to quote were so wide ranging in terms of economic, uh, in terms of income level, in terms of 
ethnicity in terms of, um, you know, neighborhoods and everything. And, and the editor, I talked to the editor who handled that, who was also Latina, by the way, and she was saying how, how um, important it was for her that they reached a much broader um, group of average Americans to find out the full story. And that's, and that's what, you know, and, and this came very naturally to the reporters. No one had to tell them, you need to find a, you know, a diverse group of renters. It was just, that's what came back. And the story was so um, rich with powerful anecdotes that um, that really told, you know, told the story completely. So I think some of this work is, you know, it's it's more natural for uh, for, I think, the, the, the entry level reporters coming in. But they they want to know that the, that the, the media organization that they're in is committed to this and values uh, this as as a principle, as a standard. And going forward, um, more generally, not just for Bloomberg, but, you know, the whole scene, do you think that like this, for example, you know, having to have a statement of we support more inclusion and actually doing the work, is that something that needs to be and to come from an organizational level? So my title, my, my job is I'm the global standards editor at Bloomberg. And my belief is that this, this should be part of every news organization's standards. You know, it should be talked about in that way, that if we want to be fair and balanced and accurate and complete in our coverage, that inclusive sourcing, you know, making this a priority, thinking about this with every program that you're putting together, with every story that you're thinking about, that you want to think about the casting of the story as you decide who's going to report, who's going to edit. You have to look at the newsroom at every level. All of this is so important if you want to have a very high standard of fairness and balance. And I would say it's it's taken me a while to get to that point in my own thinking as a journalist. Um, I think we've always thought that, oh, I'm, I'm going to look at both sides of the story, so it's, it's, I'm going to be balanced, or I'm going to approach this without bias. And I but it's so, so important that we're thinking about who we're talking to, to decide how we write that story, how we tell that story, and that we think about, you know, that when we were talking about bringing diversity in, into the newsroom, it's because it's going to impact how we determine what stories we tell and how to tell them. And I think you can't talk about this enough um, going forward. I think every media organization is wrestling with this. Um, and I think it really should be at the level of our overall standards, a principle that is not on the side, it's absolutely core to, to everything that we do. Um, and that we can explain that, it really helps to be able to explain that to our recruiters, to our talent development people as well, that why are we putting so much effort into all of these initiatives? It's because in the end, what we're producing, the content that we're producing needs to be reflective of all of this, uh, all of these views and opinions. And that will help us recruit better and retain better, I think, if we get this right. And out of curiosity, do you have numbers maybe around the progression? Uh, because we talked about what the program, we talked about the stories, but within the newsroom, as you just mentioned, recruiting, etc. Do you, have you seen over the last years a tendency of having more women, journalists, um, reporters, for instance? Well, I'll talk first about the content because one of our benchmark numbers that we, that we hold ourselves accountable to is the representation of external female guests on TV. I mentioned that we were at 10% in 2018. 
We ended last year at 34%. So we've more than tripled. And we keep setting the goals slightly higher to keep pushing ourselves. And everyone is aware of what that goal is. We report those numbers every week. We discuss them. Um, we also track, as I said, um, our, our sourcing and stories in, in our, um, our print stories. We look at our magazines. We look at our bylines. So we have different dashboards that we're looking at. And we also have um, a database of expert sources, of diverse sources. And I know a, n- a number of media organizations do look at this, that we are growing, growing, growing. I think we have 8,400 plus uh, female experts globally in our database now, and that's grown exponentially. So that's on the content side. On the, on the workforce side, what I do is I look at our representation at every level, on every team, in every bureau, and I go over those numbers regularly with our managers. Um, we don't report that out publicly, as um, you can understand. We do report out publicly where, we, where, where our newsroom is overall. And we have seen a steady increase of female uh, representation um, and of Black, Hispanic, and Asian representation. It's steadily gone up. It is still not where we want to be. So in terms of our overall representation, I think the last number we, we reported was somewhere around 44, 45% female representation. And I think that that's gone up about a percentage point every year for, for some time. But what I think is really important is to look level by level. So at the report, it, you know, it's not unusual in news organizations that you have the most diversity at the reporter level. We are majority female at the reporter level. We have the most ethnic and racial diversity at a reporter level. Then you get into the challenge of the editing and the managing. At the lower level of management, we've made significant progress. We have more challenges at the higher level, as most news organizations do, but we're doing a better job recruiting in uh, you know, better representation at the senior levels. I'm very focused on the editing level. Um, I think that there's, there's some disconnect as to why you don't see more women in particular uh, editing, especially the biggest, the biggest stories, you know, the prize winning stories, the, the big investigative pieces. There is a gender gap that you see there that we've seen closing, but it's, we've been very intentional about you know, doing some workshops, giving more attention to this space. And I think it's important for media organizations to really look at what teams have the biggest gaps to try to improve the representation in, in, on a micro level, because these, these, these macro numbers can sometimes blur you know, really where the, the challenges are. So you don't want an investigative team that is so homogenous, even if your whole newsroom is showing better representation, that's gonna impact your investigators. We always try to have a question around um, advice and tips uh, you might have for journalists that aren't necessarily like gender editors or or, or very you know very aware of the 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 subject. What would be the advice that you'd give them for economic news that represents better and more accurately the world? I think if 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 you're in a leadership position, and I have been here for a long time. I think it's really, really important to understand clearly where you are in this area, however you track that, however you count that. It's not just a, um, it's not just a numbers game, but if you don't know where you are, I guarantee you're not going to get better because we thought we were in such a better position um, even in 2018. It's just, this is really hard work. So find a way to 
to see really what your representation looks like, both in terms of your team and in terms of your sourcing, and then set some goals. We have goals set, they're aspirational goals, I should say, but we have goals set around our recruiting. We have goals set around our progression. We have goals set around level by level. We have goals set around our sourcing. And at least if you start looking transparently, if you can get this data, if you can look transparently and you can start holding your team yourself accountable, I think that that's super, super important. From a reporter standpoint, um, I mean, sourcing, it's, it, it, it's everything in, in what we're doing. You know, we, we, go, we, we go out and we talk to people. Who are you talking to? Who, whose voices are you allowing to have be amplified in your coverage? We have a lot of power as journalists to amplify um, people's perspectives. Who gets who gets that privilege to to speak and in and and understand our role in that? Um, that's been a big learning for me. Is that we we are very powerful in the in the media and we can give that platform to a, a broader range of people, and that will in the end um, really reflect more accurately the world around us. Um, and this is something that I think there are various different ways to have these conversations in the newsroom, but think about story meetings that you're in. Think about who you're putting in the room to talk about how you're going to approach that story. Talk about the kinds of sources. When you're, when, if you're an editor and you see the story come in, question the people that have been talked to. Have they reached out to a, a, a good, a, a diversity of sources? And if not, hold the story and send them back out if it's not breaking news, you know, like, we have a responsibility, and I think that this is um, as part of our goals to be fair, accurate, balanced. This is right in the center of that. Thank you for listening to Peer to Peer, and much thanks to Laura Zelenko for such an insightful conversation. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. For more tips, tools, and resources to make your reporting more balanced, you can head to towards-equality.com.